You are listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Thinking Talmudist Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Thinking Talmudist Podcast. We are in the middle of Tractate Sanhedrin, 97b, towards the bottom of the page. And now the Talmud goes on to resume the discussion about the advent of Messiah. When Messiah comes, what's going to be happening? Amar Rav, Rav says, All the ends have passed, meaning, that is to say, there is no preordained date for the end of the exile. We don't know when it's going to be. There are many who predicted, and those predictions had certain signs telling of the coming of Messiah, and we see Messiah isn't here yet. Alternatively, Rav means that all the various times predicted by the sages as suited for the redemption have passed. Therefore, the only obstacle now preventing the Messiah's immediate arrival is our failure to repent. The Talmud says, when all the ends have passed, meaning all the dates that were predicted passed already. So now when is Messiah going to come? And the matter of the Messiah's arrival depends only on repentance and good deeds. What do our sages tell us here? An unbelievable responsibility that we have. You want Messiah to come, there are two things you need to do. Just two things. Number one, repent. Number two, good deeds. Now, I want to I want to bring this to to why are we even having this discussion about Messiah? This is part four in a series, learning through the Talmud that talks about the coming of Messiah. And the question is, why are we even having this discussion? So as you remember, the October 7th massacre that happened to our holy brothers and sisters around Gaza had an unbelievable awakening of people saying, one second, what's going on over here? It didn't only lead to a war with Hamas, but it also led to an, an insurgence of people returning to their, their creator. Where people are saying, you know something? I didn't grow up religious, but I think it's time for me to observe Shabbat. I didn't grow up religious. I think it's time for me to start wearing tefillin daily. I didn't grow up religious, but I think it's time for me to start wearing tzitzit, four-cornered garment with fringes. I didn't grow up religious, but I think it's time for me to start keeping kosher. I didn't grow up religious, and it's time for me to start loving my fellow brothers and sisters who don't look like me, who don't act like me, who don't think like me, who don't vote like me. And there's been a complete transformation of the Jewish people, where we now have the, the number one product being sold in Israel right now is tzitzit. The most unbelievable thing. What is tzitzit? God says, if you have a four-cornered garment, put fringes on them. So if I don't have four-cornered garment, I'm not obligated in this mitzvah. But I want the mitzvah. I want the mitzvah. So I wear a special four-cornered garment so that I can fulfill the special mitzvah. Do you know what that does in the heavens? That God sees, look at my children. Look at my children. 
that they're fulfilling this business. I want to read something to you. We talk about the mitzvah of tzitzis. I want to read to you one of the most incredible prayers that we recite prior to putting on tzitzis. Listen to this unbelievable prayer. I am now going to wrap my body with tzitzis because we're wearing this garment. So too, just like I'm wrapping my physical body with this mitzvah, please wrap my soul. Ramah my 248 organs, my 365 sinews, with the light of tzitzit, with the power, the holiness that descends from the mitzvah that we observe, wrap my soul and my body with the light of this mitzvah, ha'ole taryag, which is the numerical value of taryag which is the 613. So fulfilling the mitzvah of tzitzis is like fulfilling all of the mitzvahs in the Torah. It's one of the seven mitzvahs that is valued by the Almighty as if you fulfilled all the mitzvahs in the Torah. And just like I am rapping in this world, the world of action, with a talus, a physical talus, so too I should merit to the great, great garb of the righteous in the world to come when we are in the Garden of Eden. And through performing the mitzvah of tzitzit, protect my soul, and my spirit and my being and my prayer from all the external powers. And my talus that I'm wearing now, my tzitzis, that I'm, my garment that I'm wearing, should spread its wings upon them and protect them. Just like an eagle spreads its wings over its young to protect them, over its beautiful little nest. And it protects its young with its wings so that nobody steals its, its young. Al goza love your achef. And then what does it do? It stays above the nest of its young to protect. It hovers over. So too my talus should hover over my soul, over my body and be a protector for me. And the, the importance of this mitzvah should be so great, it should be so loved by the Almighty, in front of the Creator of heaven and earth, as if I performed it, that with all of the proper intentions, with all of the proper minute details of this mitzvah, and as if I fulfilled all of the 613 commandments of the Torah in its perfection. Amen. Salah. This is the prayer. Now, you're going to stop for a second. We said the numerical value of tzitzit is 613. And you're going to count up the letters. You're going to say tzaddik yud, which is 90 and 10. Okay, mathematicians, right? 90 and 10, 90 and 10, that's 200. And tough is 400. What's the total? 200 plus 400, 600. 
So it's not 613. You're missing 600. You're missing 13, Rabbi, from the 613 that you said it is. Our sages teach us, and we learn this in our Everyday Judaism podcast. You remember that tzitzis is although 600. But if you look at the tzitzis, we have five knots and we have eight strings. What's five plus eight? 13. That's the mitzvah of tzitzis is like fulfilling the entire Torah. It's an amazing thing, my dear friends, that this is the mitzvah that is the greatest, the greatest item being sold in the land of Israel today is tzitzis. This demonstrates the Jewish people are taking on the entire Torah. They're saying, you know what? I may not have observed everything properly, but now I'm ready to start. I'm ready to take on a single mitzvah. I urge you, every man out there, women are not obligated in this mitzvah because it's a mitzvah that's only by day. You're not obligated because the mitzvah of tzitzis is also to see it. And you only see things by day. And because it's a time-triggered mitzvah, which is day only, women are not obligated in this mitzvah. So the urgency that I'm, I don't want to say urgency that I'm urging every man, buy yourself a pair of tefillin. You can, uh, a tzitzis, tefillin as well. We'll get to that later. But buy yourself a pair of tzitzis. Where the tzitzis says the Arizal, the great Kabbalist, the Arizal says that wearing tzitzis is a protector like body armor. No one would go into battlefield without body armor, without a Kevlar vest to protect ourselves if, God forbid, we were shot from enemy artillery, from an enemy, enemy uh, gun uh, bullet. We are in a world of challenge with the Yetzirah. He's our enemy. Our evil inclination is trying to entice us to sin. Our evil inclination is trying to entice us to go against Hashem. Do you know what that Kevlar vest is for us? Our tzitzis. Our tzitzis. The most powerful thing we have. And it's a great demonstration of the commitment that we have as Jewish people. To find a way to connect to God every single day. Okay, so now we go back to Messiah. And what do we need in order to bring the Messiah? Not the preordained dates that Messiah will come. Oh, he's going to come on this date. Is coming. Oh, Kabbalists say like this and Kabbalists say like that. Maybe, maybe not. Those days can come and go. The only thing that brings Messiah is the merit of people doing repentance, repenting for their sins, coming closer to Hashem, and doing good deeds. Now, we know that there are two, there's always an offense and a defense. So when we do good deeds, that's our offense. When we repent, that's our defense, where we say, Sur stay away from bad and do good. Stay away from bad is retract from all of our negative ways. You made mistakes, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but we can we have an amazing gift of repentance. No one died for our sins. We take personal responsibility. Hashem, I've misstepped. I've done something wrong. Hashem, I want your help to please bring me closer to you. I'm sorry for what I've done. I've made mistakes. I need your help. That's repentance. Doing good deeds, finding every way possible to fulfill another mitzvah. This is what the Talmud says here on the bottom of 97b in Sanhedrin. 
And now, that's the opinion of Rav. Shmuel has a dissenting view. But Shmuel says, Shmuel Amar, it is enough for the mourner to endure his period of mourning to bring the Messiah. That's enough. What does that mean? The mourner is God who has been unable to bring the redemption all these years. Alternatively, the mourner is the Jewish people who have had to suffer the exile. According to either explanation, Shmuel's point is that just as a period of mourning eventually comes to an end, the same is true with the exile. Even if the people do not repent, the redemption will occur at its preordained time. Shmuel's reasoning is that the very suffering of the exile atones for the Jews. Hence, repentance is not a prerequisite. We have to understand for a second that is there anyone who didn't cry watching the massacre of October 7th? Is there anybody who didn't shudder with fear seeing videos of Hamas mutilating people, murdering babies, murdering parents in front of their children? Is there anybody who didn't? That in itself is a repentance. Where that mourning that we feel as a people for what we're experiencing, that in itself is an atonement, where God is cleaning us from our sins. That pain that we have is in itself an atonement. The Gemara notes that this issue has already been debated by the Tanaic sages. Ketanoi, this dispute between Rav and Shmuel, is parallel to the following dispute of the Tanaim. Rebbe Eliezer Omer, Rebbe Eliezer says, Im Yisrael osin If the Jewish people repent, they will be redeemed. And if they do not repent, they will not be redeemed. And in this case, Rebbe Eliezer's opinion corresponds with Rav. Amr Leir of Yeshua, of Yeshua said to Rebbe Eliezer, Im ein osin tshuva ein If they do not repent, they will not be redeemed. Is that so? Rather, what will happen? The Holy One, blessed is He, will appoint a king over them whose decrees will be as harsh as those of Haman, of Haman. And then they have no choice and they're squeezed to do Teshuvah. The Jewish people will repent. And in this way, God will bring them back to the right path. So it's one way or another we're going to have to repent. My dear friends, it shouldn't fall deaf on our ears that each and every one of us have the opportunity to be partners with Messiah. Each and every one of us have the opportunity to bring Messiah today. How do we do that? How do we bring Messiah today? We each look into our own ways. You know, the Talmud here in Sanhedrin also says something very interesting, that a person should always say, the world was created for me. The whole universe was created for you. You believe that? You hear that? For you, Bruce, for you. It was created for you. It's an unbelievable thing. That means that by me changing my ways, by me perfecting my character, 
by me repenting for my mistakes, you know what I'm doing? I'm bringing the Messiah closer. And it's not just a, a tale. This is a fact. Each one of us, by perfecting our, our, our ways one small step at a time, one small mitzvah at a time, you know what? Praying with a little bit more kavanah, with a little bit more focus. Uh, doing mitzvahs with proper intention, not just doing it because it's a habit. You know what? We're all going to go after this, this class. We're going to go home. We're going to start preparing for Shabbos or continue preparing for Shabbos. Do you know what? Let's not just prepare it because this is what we do on Fridays. We prepare for Shabbos. No. Let's say, Lichvod Shabbos Kodesh. I'm preparing this in the honor of Shabbos. Preparing food. This is in the honor of Shabbos. This is in the honor of Shabbos. What we're doing is our whole Friday becomes holy. Our whole Friday becomes a Shabbos. Because we're doing everything for the sake of Shabbos. You know, there's a special halacha that says that one should shower and, and prepare them, bathe before Shabbos. What you do during the week, that's to be hygienic. For Shabbos, even if you showered Friday morning, shower before Shabbos. Why? You come into Shabbos regal, fresh. It should be L'chvot Shabbos Kodesh for the merit of Shabbos, for the sake of Shabbos. I'm not just doing this because I want to feel clean. No, I'm doing it for the sake of Shabbos. It's an important thing for us to dedicate what we're doing for the right cause. This is what brings Messiah. What brings Messiah, sages tell us, is when we start doing the actions for the right purpose. We start connecting with Hashem when we're doing these things, not just out of habit. Because this is what I've done my whole life. But I'm doing this, Hashem, to be closer to you. So now the Gemara cites a brisa in which these Tanaim debate the issue. Tanya Idah, we are taught in another Brisa, Rebbe Leezer, Omar Rebbe Leezer says, Im Yisrael Osin Chuvan If the Jewish people, like we mentioned previously, where Rebbe Leezer says, if the Jewish people repent, they will be redeemed. Shenemer, Namar. Now, why do we have Talmud class? To those of you who are regular listeners to the Thinking Talmudist podcast, why do we even have this series? We have this series for one main reason. So we understand that Judaism isn't made up. Everything that's written by our sages needs to be sourced. So here we brought Rebbe Eliezer. Rebbe Eliezer says, oh, when the Jewish people repent, then we'll bring, then Messiah will be able to come. Your question needs to be, my dear friends, prove it. Show it to me in the text. Don't just tell me nice things from Rebbe Eliezer. Don't just tell me nice things from the words of our sages. I want to see it in text, in Tanakh, in the Torah, the, the, the Torah of Moses, the five books of the Torah, the prophets and the writings. Show it to me in a text. And here we're going to bring the proof. Shuvu Shenemar, as it states in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22. Shuvu Banim Shovavim Erpam Sechem. As it states, repent, O wayward children. I will cure you of your waywardness. Amr lo Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua said to him, Namar, but it is already stated, Chinam nimkartem below bakesef tigalu. For 
nothing were you sold, and without money shall you be redeemed. So in that case, you don't need to repent because you were sold for nothing and you'll be redeemed for nothing. So why do we have to pay for it with repentance? The first clause for nothing you were sold means that you were exiled because you committed idolatry, which has no value. Not that it wasn't for money. The second clause, and without money shall be you, you be redeemed, means that you'll be redeemed even without repentance or good deeds. Meaning that God will bring us, God will squeeze us to the point of repentance. That even if we don't intentionally do it on our own and repent for our sins, Hashem will bring us to the point where we will. said to Yeshua, But it is, is, is it not already stated, Return to me, God says, and I will return to you. Yeshua says to Rabbi Eliezer, but it already says, For I made myself master over you, and I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. It means that God will do that for us, not that we need to be at the uh, proactive state of repentance. Amalur Abeliezer, Abeliezer answered him, but it says, I, in repose and calm shall you be redeemed. So in that case, which one is it? Is it not already stated? Ko Amar Hashem. Thus says Hashem, the Redeemer of Israel, His Holy One, to one who is despised by men, abhorred by nations, and who is a slave of rulers. Just by the way, look at this verse, and which now continues on 98a. Malachim yiru v'kamu sarim v'yishtachavu. Kings will see and rise. Princes also shall prostrate themselves. This is from where? Isaiah 49. Is this not true for today? Think about this. Think of this verse for a second. Despised by men. The Jewish people are not despised. Go open up a BBC. right? You'll see how much despised there is for the Jewish people. Go walk down the streets of any big city and you'll see the despise there is by the young against the Jewish people from the river to the sea. Palestine will never be. Right, <laughs> whatever many different uh, rhymes, but uh, that's what they're trying to say. That basically there will be no Israel. So number one is will be a dis- despised by men, will be abhorred by nations, and who is a slave of rulers? We are the slaves of rulers. I saw recently a picture of of the Biden administration, and you'll see the picture of the administration of the cabinet. Has one, two, three, four, five, six, that's about 10 of 20 positions are Jews. This is what the verse is saying here. The verse is saying in a prophecy here that slave of rulers, slave of rulers, kings shall see and rise, princes also shall prostrate themselves. said to Yeshua, but is it not already stated, Im Yisrael 
If you return, O Israel, says Hashem, you shall return to me. It is also stated already. I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river. But he lifted his right hand and his left hand heavenward. And he swore by the life of the world. That in a time, times, and a half, and upon the cessation of the power of the holy people, all these shall cease. So what he's saying here is when the power of the Jewish people has utterly ceased and they are at the end of their tether, have nothing left. Their troubles will finally cease and the Messiah will then come. Meaning, we'll lose all the power that we have. We will lose the ability to control the narrative. We lost the narrative. We always lost the narrative because it's always the time for Mashiach. At that time, Mashiach will come. And after hearing that, Rebeliezer was silent. Okay, so my dear friends, what I'm, what we're concluding with this week, part four of the Days of Messiah, is for us to know that it's in our hands. Hashem wants us close. Hashem wants us close. And this is our obligation. Our obligation to do whatever we can to repent from our ways that we've done in the past change our ways, but also to do as many good deeds as possible. Go get him, Tiger. We can do this. We can really go add whatever mitzvah we can add. It doesn't have to be that it's in perfection. It doesn't have to be that it's in its fullest, uh, you know, ob- observance. Do whatever you can do to connect to Hashem on a greater level. My dear friends, have an amazing Shabbos.